Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we've brought back Janet Quinlan, a marriage and parenting coach. Welcome, Janet. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So we are actually, this is going to be the first part of a three-part series in which we are talking about how your thoughts create your marriage, your parenting, and your life. So we're going to start first with the marriage, right? And how our thoughts create your marriage. Yeah. So let me go first through the basics of our thoughts. So we have about 60,000 thoughts a day and about 80% of them are negative. Hmm. And unless you know that reality, you think that just what you're thinking is true. But yeah, but actually it is just that primitive part of your brain that's offering you the thing that is the easiest. It -hmm. will keep you safe. It's the habit that you're in, your thinking habit. Um, And we don't stop and question whether or not what we're thinking is really true. Mm. So for instance, we go through the day and we see uh, the faults in others. And Mm -hmm. we see ways in which we are not living up to our expectations. And we kind of have um, this victim mentality in the world Mm -hmm. that everything is happening to us Mm -hmm. and that we don't have any control over how we can respond or what we can think about it. Mm -hmm. We just think life happens to us and there it is. And I Mm -hmm. think that's one of the big reasons why so many people are unhappy, Mm. particularly uh, people in marriages. They believe that when they have, you know, everything before the wedding is so great and happy. We've got all these goals and joys. And Mm. then it's like when you walk out of church, something clicks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And suddenly uh, we start seeing the things that annoy us or the things that didn't live up to our expectations. And we think it's just reality when in fact we have control over what we are thinking about. Mm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to think that if we can just fix the exterior of our life, then we'll be happy on the interior. Oh, sure. Actually, it's the opposite. Mm. When we fix our interior, then we can create the exterior mm-hmm. that will reflect the interior that we have. Mm-hmm. So, When we're talking about marriage, um, our marriage is made up of uh, different things that our spouse does, says, Mm -hmm. uh, just the different circumstances, life circumstances, money, job, moving, in-laws, outlaws, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, And it all seems to be happening to us. And we don't stop to remember that we're thinking beings. We don't respond out of instinct. In fact, we shouldn't, but we frequently do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can change our reality depending on how we think. So I'm going to stretch a little bit here and say, um, when Jesus performed miracles, mm-hmm. what was it that precipitated the miracles? It was always a change of thinking. Mm, interesting. People had to believe. Mm-hmm. And their faith was the catalyst. So I think that we can bring that same idea into our physical world in changing our thinking can change the outcome of what happens in all parts of our our life, but in particular in our marriage. Mm -hmm. 
So to affect change, you have to believe sure. that it can happen, or you have to be intentional about how you think what is happening uh, can work towards the good. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm sure a lot of people are listening now and thinking like, either a, I'm not really aware of my thoughts. I think that's a very common thing. Like you're just not aware of kind of those 80,000 thoughts or 60,000 thoughts that are going through your head a day. And the 80% of them that are negative or, and, or B that they're also thinking like, like my thoughts are my thoughts. Like how am I supposed to change them? Right? Like if I'm looking at my husband and I'm like, you're being a slob today, you haven't picked up your socks again. Right? Like how am I supposed to change my thought from your socks are still on the ground or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to change your thought. You can still think he's being a slob today, but I, but I'd like to challenge you to think, okay, then how does that make you feel when you think that? Mm, okay. And so when we're in our relationship, certainly we're going to have a lot of different thoughts about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So um, if you go to uh, that, okay, your husband leaves his socks on the floor all the time. Um. You can look at those socks and you can say to yourself, this is never going to change Mm. or I'm so sick of him leaving his socks on the floor, Mm -hmm. which probably is a natural reaction to begin with. Right. Sure. And then ask yourself, okay, how does that make me feel? Well, it would make me feel resentment, make me feel angry. Mm -hmm. And then what would I do if I feel resentful and angry? I'm probably going to lash out at him or mm-hmm. just fill that resentment container a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could just decide, well, it, it doesn't bother him, but it bothers me. So I'll just pick them up. Mm. And there's, there's just that shift. Or it could be, I really would like to talk to him about that and how I don't want to pick them up. So, you know, but coming from a place that is not so resentful and angry because mm-hmm. we've decided what our thought is going to be. Mm, okay. So, um, as I mentioned earlier in, in our relationships, you know, um, especially we get married, we have children, and then we kind of hum along for better or for worse. Sure. And, uh, I coach a lot of women who are about year seven, eight, and mm. they're not happy. They're not happy just kind of bumping along. And when I talk to them about, you know, when I coach them, what what are you thinking about this? They think this is never going to change. This is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You have that thought, this is never going to change. You usually feel resigned or, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe demoralized. Sure. When you feel resigned or demoralized, what are your actions going to be? Well, you're going to go through the motions of the day. You're never going to try to change. You may not even try to reach out to him to, uh, you know, work together to affect change, to point things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what will happen? You'll just go bumping along and it yeah. never changes. Right. Your thoughts are creating that reality, right? That you're, exactly. you're thinking is never changing. And so you're not, you're never going to make those steps to see if it could change even to see if it's even possible for it to change. Exactly. But if you change your thought, and, and so you have to be aware of it. So you asked, how do you, how do you become aware of it? It's a habit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like any other habit. And we, and most of us are so in the habit of not thinking, mm-hmm. but just doing mm-hmm. that. We have to really step back and think. And one, uh, one thing I ask clients to do is in the morning, 
write a thought download, just write it out. Like Mm -hmm. all the thoughts you're thinking about today and look at them and see, you know, uh, get clear on being more conscious of what you're thinking so that you can uh, get into the habit of thinking it and deciding if that's what you want to think or if you want to change it. Sure. Okay. So going back to, you know, we're just bumping along in our marriage. If instead of this is the way it's always going to be, um, what if you thought, I really want a close friendship with my husband. Mm. This is the way it is now, but I want a close friendship with my husband. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different feeling there, right? Sure. It's mm-hmm. not resigned. It's not resentful. It's not demoralized. It's a little more committed, mm-hmm. maybe curious on how to do that, but really probably it's more committed and determined. Mm-hmm. And when you feel committed and determined, your actions are going to be very different. Sure. You'll reach out to your husband. You'll have conversations. Or maybe you'll just look to yourself and say, what can I do Mm -hmm. to help bring life back into this marriage? Sure. And when we become uh, more intentional, then we change our marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it really is, uh, you know, so many people talk about how, the seasons of marriage happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the beginning, it's like, I, I don't know, in the beginning, Michael and I fought like the whole first year, <laughs> we had to get it all out. And but then we started to understand each other. Sure. I, a funny thing is, I think that, you know, um, and the two shall become one, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen there at the ceremony. Mm-hmm. It happens over the longevity of your marriage. Sure. Right? eventually the two become one. You'd like it to happen right in the beginning, (laughs) but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so it requires being conscious of the way we're showing up. And that requires thinking about what we want. Mm -hmm. So here are some obstacles that um, some people uh, may get into in thinking about their marriage. The first one is we all are both our spouses. And if you're a man listening to this, I'm not harping on men because men have the same thing as women. Mm-hmm. You you both come to your marriage with expectations. Sure. They're expectations from what you saw in your parents, mm-hmm. uh, expectations in what you always hoped and dreamed your spouse would be. You know, you had all those years of thinking that. And... Um, you kind of, we call it a manual where you kind of have a rule book on what they should do, um, what kind of spouse they should be, uh, what they're supposed to think or do or say, um, how they should help out with the chores or what part of the home they should be taking care of, all those things. Mm -hmm. What kind of a mother and what kind of a, a father they should be and what kind of a spouse they should be. And we have all these, you know, constructs about how things should be. Mm -hmm. And then reality hits. And I've heard it said that um, expectations are really the killer Mm. of a good relationship because we hold on to those expectations as if they are true and um, they have to happen that way Mm. or we're not going to be happy. Sure. A lot of that is because, like I said, we bring to our marriage, what we've experienced in our life, and then those expectations, but also uh, we have beliefs. Mm -hmm. And we think that because we have a belief, and I'm not talking about a religious belief, I'm talking about 
um, a man should not leave his socks on the floor. A man, when he mm-hmm. takes off his socks, should put them in, you know, the laundry basket. Mm-hmm. Or a wife, uh, when I come in from home from work, um, whether she's worked outside the home or not, she should run to me and, you know, be ready for intimacy right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we have all of these beliefs and we don't discuss them with mm. our partner. Mm-hmm. And so we looking at those expectations and realizing we have to break those expectations o- apart mm-hmm. and discuss. And, um, you know, maybe uh, have a conversation when there's something that comes up to have a conversation with your spouse and say, you know, I really would like rather than you don't. Mm-hmm. I would really like it if I walked in the door, if you could greet me, because I've had a really tough day. Mm. I've had, you know, conflicts at work. And all I want to do is come home and have you take me in your arms. Mm -hmm. Either spouse could say that, right? Sure. Um, Or, um, you know, in regards to children, we now have, like, if you're just starting off your family, we now have five children in six years, so I really would like your help or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm, sure. um, I, I really wouldn't like your help. So offering, uh, so asking, requesting, mm-hmm. but not making demands mm-hmm. and not holding it out as an expectation. And that sure. leads me to the next thing. In expectations, we require that our partner fulfills our expectations in order for us to be happy. Mm. When we do that, we give all our emotional energy away, all our emotional power. Mm-hmm. I can only be happy if you do what I need you to do. Right. As opposed to and, finding it with ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not only does that create a lot of stress on your partner, mm-hmm. whether you know, you're the husband or the wife, if you are a husband and you you can only be happy if your wife performs a certain way or is a certain kind of wife or a mom or, you know, Mm -hmm. lives up to your expectations for the day, you're not going to be happy. Same with, you know, as a woman, Mm -hmm. if your husband doesn't do certain things that you expected, and that is, you know, the linchpin on your happiness, Mm -hmm. you're in big trouble. Sure. So getting clear that we are responsible for our happiness Mm -hmm. and uh, I, I coach women who, um, so I only coach women. I'm sure men have, uh, conflicts that they deal with, with their wives. But in, in my coaching practice, um, the women that I coach, many of them deal with husbands who have addictions. Mm. Um, pornography is Mm -hmm. a huge addiction. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that, you know, when you're first getting into marriage, you, you don't think that you could be happy when your husband has an addiction of any kind. Sure. Um, but you can be happy. It's the choice that you make. Is it an easy choice? It's not an easy choice. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you don't put in boundaries and you don't make requests and you don't work on helping him overcome the addiction. Sure. But you can still show up um, at peace and at, and in a place of calm and happiness that this is where God has brought you for a particular reason mm-hmm. and he will give you that strength. But there's that thought, right? Some people say, how does uh, faith 
and coaching work together. I'm like, it's beautiful Mm -hmm. because we have to choose to be faithful. We have to choose to trust, right? Going back Mm -hmm. to the miracles. Right. And for people who are in conflict in their marriage and everybody at some point in their marriage is in conflict, Mm -hmm. you know, our spouse is not the the unicorn that's so tough. Mm -hmm. We are tough. Our spouse is tough and everybody's spouse is tough. Mm-hmm. But um, but being at peace because you choose to trust God in his grace, and that's a thought, right, that you have mm-hmm. to choose, and that creates the calm and the peace, and then your actions in showing up for your spouse are that I love him for him, mm-hmm. and I'm going to help him move forward on this, not I can't be happy because he's not doing this. Right. Yeah. I think this is so interesting because, you know, we're we're talking, your thoughts are creating your marriage, but at the bigger scheme of things, like your thoughts are creating your happiness, right? Like if you are looking at this and no matter the situation your marriage is in, no matter the situation your life is in, maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you're having trouble conceiving, right? Maybe you're going through infertility, maybe whatever. Maybe you've had six kids in six years, whatever, right? Like our thoughts are what's creating our marriage and our happiness here, not the situation or the circumstances in which we live. Right. 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 A hundred percent. Um, and even for people who are listening to this, who are not married, um, you know, I have children who haven't found their spouse yet and they can either approach the world with, I'll never find him, or I'm mm-hmm. so miserable, or mm-hmm. there's no one out there, you know, that I want to marry. And, and what will happen? They won't put themselves out. They'll mm-hmm. feel defeated. Right. Sure. So yeah, it's it's a it is um a truth of the world that mm-hmm. our thoughts just naturally create our results, but through the feelings and actions that come from those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um a third point in an obstacle obstacle that uh can come into marriage is that when we allow the stories and beliefs of the past mm-hmm. um to create our reality now. Mm, okay. And yeah, so this really happens very often when um, people come into the marriage, we all come into the marriage with habits, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And we think, you know, he'll never change. She'll never change. And so we we get caught in that belief. We believe it. And remember, a thought, just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. Um. So really questioning whether it is the truth, the fact, like, could you prove it in a court of law? Mm. That thought is the truth. Then it becomes that circumstance. Okay. Mm. But otherwise thoughts are very, they're just our, they're our opinions. They're what we, we happen to think. So if we firmly hold on to a thought about our spouse and we don't let go of it, we don't give them the opportunity actually to mm. change. Mm-hmm. Imagine if um, you're meeting somebody for lunch and um, and you think that, you know, they're always, they're selfish or they always, you know, just want to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you show up and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to think, you know, I'm going to have to listen to them go on and on and all about themselves. Sure. And so what do you do? You sit there and you listen to them go on and on about themselves. Well, mm-hmm. maybe they're speaking um, because they're nervous. Sure. Or maybe they're just not in good in social settings. And so they don't ask you, you know, mm-hmm. like anything about yourself. 
if your thought is it's always going to be selfish and I just have to listen, that's what's going to happen. But if you say, well, maybe I could kind of just interject and tell this person about my life and see what happens, changes mm-hmm. your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to marriage and believing stories and beliefs from the past, you have to let them go and mm-hmm. allow not only your spouse to change, but allow yourself to change. Mm-hmm. So if you have a belief, especially, you know, women have the beliefs that, you know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, I'm fat. I'm not smart enough. All those silly beliefs. Mm-hmm. And when we bring them into our marriage, we show up to our husband as I don't have a lot of self-esteem. I'm not pretty enough. I'm fat. I'm too fat. I'm not smart. Mm-hmm. So questioning the beliefs, not only of what we think about our spouse, but what we think about ourselves mm-hmm. and being open to changing them. Mm-hmm. I, I really like this too, because I think it's like that Carol Dweck kind of growth mindset idea mm-hmm. of like, if we're coming in with all of these preconceived notions about ourselves, about our spouse, about marriage, whatever, like it keeps us from being able to grow and really kind of move forward and, and see the the great beauty that can exist maybe in our marriage or the great beauty of ourselves or our spouse. But if we have that growth mindset, we can really, we acknowledge that we can grow and we can change. And so can he or she and, and moving forward in that way. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we will talk about that when we talk about parenting, Good, because that's a huge thing, but I agree. It's it, we have to allow for people to change. Mm-hmm. And when in our thoughts, we limit them, we don't allow for the change. And we don't allow, as I talked about seasons in marriage, we don't allow our marriage to go through those different seasons of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look at an 80 year old couple holding hands, walking down the street mm-hmm. and think, oh, it, it must've been easy for them. They just, this is what they were doing, you know, 60 years ago. No, there's a big growth process within that marriage to get to that place. Sure. Um, and then the the final thing on obstacles in our thinking with uh, our marriage is how do we respond in our thoughts to mm-hmm. our spouse? Are we in the habit of responding um, with angry or resentful comments or without giving the opportunity for growth? Or um, do we just know exactly what he's thinking, what he's doing, what she's thinking, what she's feeling? Or do we open ourselves up to listening? Okay. Mm. So really being careful about how we interact with each other in Mm. our, in the habits of the way we communicate. And that comes again from our thinking. Are you open? Mm. So um, I just want to emphasize again that we live in this world. This world has made us all victims. Mm. We're victims in our marriage. We're victims as parents. We're victims, you know, in everything is acting against us. Mm-hmm. It is really, God made us, he's human with this, this amazing brain mm-hmm. to, to think and to take that part of control of our lives that we can take. And mm-hmm. we've given it away. Mm-hmm. So we want to take it back. Um, and, and everything is not out of our control. Mm-hmm. We have to think about how we want to respond. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing you say too, I think, which is interesting or good to remember is that we have to think, but then we also have to communicate kind of what our thoughts are and not assume we know what the other person is thinking, not assume these kinds of things. So I think that often can happen in marriage, right? Like she makes a face and you assume, you know what it means and therefore you're upset because whatever, um, as opposed to communicating, like talking about like, I'm feeling this right now. This is what I'm thinking. Like, what are you thinking? What are, what's going through your head right now? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and we get into this, um, this relationship, it's kind of a dance when we're, mm. especially when we're disagreeing with our spouse and we do like what you said, she made a face. So that must mean that, mm. da, 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 da. right. And it could not, it could totally not mean that at all. Right. It could just mean her inner exasperation with herself Sure. or, but, but to your point to communicate clearly, mm. okay, I saw you do that. Do you mean Mm-hmm. this. And, um, you know, I, I tell the story about my husband in the garbage. So I asked him to take the garbage out and, mm-hmm. um, I waited and waited and he was busy working and waited and waited. And finally I just pulled up that garbage bag. I tied it up really loudly so he could hear because <laughs> I was thinking he disrespected me because he mm-hmm. didn't take the garbage out when I asked, mm-hmm. I took the garbage out. I slammed the door behind me. I, you know, I came back in, slammed the door again. And I heard him in the office say, you could have just asked, I'm sorry, I didn't do that. And so all those thoughts about he doesn't respect me, uh, you know, it just kind of wiped away. He's, he was right. I could have just asked. I didn't mm-hmm. have to assume he didn't respect me. I could have actually thought more about it and mm-hmm. remembered, oh, Michael compartmentalizes. And so he was thinking about something, something, something. And that sure. just hadn't gotten to that yet. Right. Yeah. Stepping back, mm-hmm. communicating, talking clearly, going back to that expectations mm-hmm. um, and making sure that uh, we really do um, have control of mm-hmm. our mind. Okay. Sure. We don't let it be like that toddler running around and, you know, getting into all kinds of trouble, but we really take control of it. Mm-hmm. So be curious about what your spouse thinks. Mm-hmm. and have empathy. And when you are focused on what your spouse thinks and have empathy for what they're thinking, you stop thinking so much about your strong thoughts, your, especially if they're negative, mm-hmm. right? That softens our negativity and it opens mm-hmm. us up. Um, listen to him or her with empathy rather than judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, take responsibility for your own thoughts and your own feelings. If you're angry, ask yourself, why am I angry? Mm-hmm. Is it because of something I'm thinking? And even if he does something or she does something that's very hurtful, yeah, it's a natural emotion to go through, but then what? Are you going to stay in the anger and the resentment or are you going to find a way to move out of it by changing your thinking? Mm-hmm. And choose to be the one that goes first in this. Because mm-hmm. we always are like, well, okay, I could do that, but what's he going to do for me? Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. There's, there's that, that limiting thought that mm-hmm. stops it right in its tracks. Right. Right. So being the one to go first and communicating without that negative emotion. Mm-hmm. I think too often when you're the one that goes first, the other person reciprocates right back. Like you could be like, I'm so sorry. I snapped. Like I, like I was just really frustrated and he might come right back and be like, I'm so sorry too. Like I did not have the best response to that, but he might not say that until you do it. So, you know, being that first one can really help move the process along, communicate open channels of communication in a way that you might not even realize. A hundred percent. So when my, our, our youngest, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I'll just close mm-hmm. with this. When our youngest went off to college, um, we used to joke like now who's going to clean the house. Cause oh. <laughs> we had no more children to clean the house. Um, and then I, noticed that my husband would like leave a dish and I would kind of get angry about it. And, um, I would leave it for him. Actually, mm. I was not really v- being very charitable about it. 
And then I noticed him not only cleaning up his dish, but he would clean up my dish. Mm. And I'm like, oh, he just did that for me. Then I found it softening in me mm. and I would pick up after him. Mm-hmm. And so it now, many years later, we kind of have a little joke about, okay, who did the most for the other? Oh, But it all started with someone being generous. Mm-hmm. And then the other person might not respond immediately, but they do respond. You're hundred mm-hmm. percent correct. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's so interesting how that, how that works, right? Like yeah. when we're generous and when we give love, like we, we end up getting more in return and it, it just creates this environment, even in the home that helps with your marriage and everything. Um, before we end in it, I have, um, like just curious about one thing. So I think for people who are listening to this, who maybe have been married for a, a longer time, right. Um, and are thinking like, okay, yeah, great. But like, we've fallen into really bad habits for a very long time. Like this doesn't seem possible for me, right? Like, I don't know if I can change all my thought patterns to create the marriage that I really want. Do you have any thoughts or advice for them? You know, I would just say, first of all, pray about it. Mm -hmm. Depend on the grace of God. I don't think God's grace ends at year 20. Mm -hmm. I think that it is always there. And, and as humans, yes, habits become ingrained. And so they may be a little more difficult to unwind, Sure, but we still can try and we still can make progress. And, uh, you know, I have seen marriages uh, of my parents and friends of my parents where things changed at year 35 Mm. and they went on to celebrate 50, 55 years of marriage. I don't think it's ever too late. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure it's really any more difficult. Once we have a habit ingrained, it's mm. there. But what is your why? Mm. Why do you want a different kind of marriage? Mm-hmm. And when you can really reflect on your why and then maybe discuss it with your spouse mm-hmm. and say, okay, is this where we really want to go? The kids are leaving and you and I don't even know each other anymore. Mm-hmm. What do we want? Sure. A- and really come together in your thinking of what your goal is, your long-term why. Mm-hmm. And that actually is, is, is kind of the, the bigger picture that lets the little things of the day just kind of not mean so much because you're working towards that big why. Sure. So never too late mm-hmm. uh, and always be available and open to change. Mm-hmm. This is great. Um, if people want to find you, if moms are interested in coaching with you, how can they do that? They can go to janetquinlan.com. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Janet Quinlan Coaching. And they can also listen to my podcast, Finding Joy in Motherhood. Awesome. We'll we'll link to all of that in the show notes as well. Um, and we're going to have Janet back for part two and part three on your thoughts creating parenting and your thoughts creating your life. So stay tuned for that as well. Thanks, Great. Janet, for all your Thanks. wisdom. Thanks so much, Katie. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to share the episode with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.